Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning, like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose masters find them watching while, when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known for what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance for the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly I tell you, he will put them in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, my master is taking a long time in coming, and then he begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of the servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and an hour he is not aware of. He will cut them to pieces and assign them a place with the unbelievers. The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with, with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. From the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Word of the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that you speak to us. Father, uh, whether you just speak for me and my voice, I know. We'll frog you tonight, but you are a, a great God who works in our weakness. Uh, so we work in mind. Speak to anyone here tonight that's going to wear various life circumstances that are going to do today. Just we do help them to put us on focus on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're talking about the return of Christ tonight. Now Christians believe that Jesus Christ is going to come back. We call this the second coming to Christ. Uh, and the first coming was when he came, he was born. Ministry, his life, and reading about the scriptures. The second coming is when he's going to come back. It's going to be surprising. It's going to be unexpected. We're not going to know when it's going to happen. And so we need to get ready. And that's what today's passage is about. And it got me thinking of other times in life when you have to get ready for someone that you don't know when they're going to arrive. <laughs> and of course, I'm sure you guys want another day. But got me thinking about our baby uh, coming in June. Now the doctors have told us the baby will be here on June 9th on the due date, right? That's exactly when the baby is going to arrive. Anyone that's had a baby or knows someone that's had a baby uh, knows that that's not the case, right? This baby can come three weeks early, um, a week late. Um, at any time this baby chooses. And so, how do we get ready for the arrival of someone in our family that we're excited to meet, but we don't know when they arrive? Well, you can do things like you get the nursery ready, right? I'd love to show you pictures after the service if you want to come see my, my 
handiwork uh, in the nursery. You can go to a birthing class, right? Uh, get mentally prepared and get your training. Okay, how's this going to go? You can also pack a go bag. And I'll put a picture of a go bag on the screen. The go bag is something that kind of, you know, like you put the, the essentials and the most important things that you're going to need uh, for your delivery for the Bible to be made. So I'm thinking things like your Xbox, your lava lamp, your Netflix. Like these are all the key for a successful delivery. Now you're going to put things like toiletries, right? You're going to put maybe a pillow or a pillowcase that you like, uh, change of clothes for the baby, for yourself, maybe for your husband. So these are the things that you're going to you're going to pack in your go bag because you want to be ready. Now we as a church are in this passage, and this passage is about getting ready. Being prepared at any time, getting your spiritual go back ready. And Jesus gives us some instructions for how we can get our spiritual go back ready for when Christ is coming back. Because we don't know when he's going to come back. He could come back at any time. And also, you know, he, he does say in, in this life, you know, I may return, but, but you also might go to him at any time, right? You don't know when your time. So you want to do that. And so I think the same principles apply from this text to our lives, whether or not Christ ends up coming back or in our life, or we end up going to him before he returns. So we can all get ready. So what are the things that we should pack in our go bag? I'm going to talk about two things. I'm going to talk about, oh, I just, for some reason I turned that off. There it is. Okay. Can you hear me now? Okay, this sounds good. Sorry about that. So what can you get in your go bag, your, 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 your bag that's getting ready uh, for the, the return of Christ? So there's two things. We're going to pack readiness and faithfulness. Readiness and faithfulness. So we're going to talk about readiness first. So what should you pack readiness? So we're going to look at verses 35 through 40. Just be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning. Like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak." Now, this is the first illustration that Jesus uses, a, a parable, a, an allegory explaining what's going to happen. And he talks about a servant that is waiting for a master, servants that are getting ready. And he uses a couple uh, words in the beginning, be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning. Now, and if you, the NIV has done a great job of bridging like the past to the present. So we're reading from the NIV translation. Uh, because if you look at the, the Greek, it really says, gird your loins for action. Like be, be girding your loins. Now, what does that mean? Like that's not something that we say when we're like, okay, it's time to go to the grocery store. Everyone gird your loins. Let's go. Well, gird your loins. You can at least find it all the way back in the book of Exodus. 
when, when God said to the Israelites, you know, you're going to eat your, your Passover meal, you're going you're gonna to roll up your, your robe in knots or tuck it into your belt so that when it's time to go, you can just walk immediately out the door because they had longer robes that are more difficult to travel in. So you girded your loins so that was just a little bit more mobile. Uh, pants are amazing. Let's just celebrate <laughs> pants for a moment. Now, so get ready. Be prepared. Leave the light on. This is almost like a picture of getting up early in the morning. You get dressed. You turn the light on. You know, you probably wouldn't leave a lamp on all night in that culture. It's expensive, right? You're paying for oil, but it's also dangerous. You're leaving a flame unattended while you're going to sleep. So if you're going to leave the light on, you're going to do it for a special reading, a reason. So these servants, they're waiting for their masters. They're, they're ready to greet their master. They are up all night. And Jesus talks about, you know, this, this master may come in the early morning or at midnight, like late in the evening towards daybreak. These are the, 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 the Jewish and the, the, the Roman culture. They divided up the night into different segments. And these are like the last watches before the daybreak. And these times would be when you're most tired, right? Because it's three, four o'clock in the morning. You're, you're exhausted. You want to fall asleep. You're like, well, yeah, the master didn't come for the, the rest of the night. He's certainly not going to come now. So Jesus is saying, even when you're most tired, even when you're, you're most ready to, to, to lay down and go to sleep, be ready. Because I could come at any time. And then he uses a second illustration starting in verse 39. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Now, Jesus uses the illustration of a thief in the night uh, for his return all the time in scriptures. He describes himself as coming as a thief in the night. Now, if we knew a thief was coming, like we would get ready, right? If someone called you and said, hey, Tuesday night, 1130, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break into your home and steal your most valuable possessions, you'd be like, uh-oh, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get a Nest camera. I'm going to steal my neighbor's like secured by ADT sign. I'm going to put that in my yard, a little blue sign. I'm going to be ready. So when that thief comes, they're going to see how secure I am. They're going to see that I'm there, all the lights are on, and, and they're not going to come. And Jesus is saying, well, like, I'm not telling you. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you when I'm coming, but you still should be ready. And so we want to be ready. But, but now we ask the question, okay, Jesus, like, I want to be ready. I want to pack readiness in my spiritual go bag. What does it mean to be ready? And I think we have to look broader than this passage to really determine that. We've got to look back over what we've already learned in this sermon series in the Gospel of Luke. And this is great for me because after this week, we're taking a break for about eight weeks. We're going to be in the Psalms. We're learning, learning about prayer. And then we're going to come back to the Gospel of Luke in the summer to finish out the second half. But tonight, we get to take a moment and kind of review back through how Jesus has been instructing us to get ready. Because at the end of the day, readiness is just learning the teachings of Jesus and putting them into practice. So learning the Scripture, learning God's Word, and then seeking to obey God's word. That's what readiness is. But let's find out a little bit more of what that, it, that, what that means. So first, readiness is repenting of your sin and believing in Jesus. 
Readiness is repenting of your sin and believing in Jesus. Now, we talked about this in the story of the centurion back in Luke chapter 7. Maybe some of you remember the story, the faith of the centurion. On this story, there's a centurion, his servant is sick, and the Jewish elders, the, the leaders come to Jesus and say, Jesus, would you come and heal this centurion's servant because he deserves it. He's been a really good guy to us. He's, he's served us. He built our synagogue. Like, he deserves it. And then Jesus heads towards this man's house, and the centurion sends a messenger and says, Jesus, I don't deserve you to come to my house. Like, I'm not good enough. See, there was a recognition of some sort of sin on his part. You are worthy, Christ Jesus. You are good, and I am not. And then believing that Jesus can heal the servant. So how does that translate to us? Well, the very first thing about getting ready for Jesus is just repenting of your sin, recognizing that you have sin in your heart. Sin is rebellion against God. Sin is doing things your way instead of God's way. And putting your faith in Jesus Christ that Jesus can deal with your sin problem. That Jesus can forgive you and that, that no sin is too great for Jesus. That's what we're going to celebrate on Easter, that Jesus rose from the grave. He, he conquered the power of sin and death. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior, if you haven't gone through this time of repenting of your sin and believing in him, I really want to encourage you to, to think about it. Like, really consider, maybe tonight is the night that I need to get my sin problem dealt with and come to Jesus. And the good news, the gospel, is just a reminder that this repenting of sin and believing in Jesus, like, it is a lifelong journey. This isn't a one-time act where we kind of check off the box. This is, okay, well, tomorrow I'm going to sin too. But I'm not going to be overcome by that sin. I'm just going to continue to lay it down before Jesus and receive forgiveness and continue to walk through my life following Christ. So the first way we get ready is to repent of our sin and believe in Christ. The second way is to sit at the feet of Jesus. Now, we can jump forward a few chapters to Luke chapter 10. This is the very end of Luke chapter 10. This is the story of Martha and Mary. This is a story that I think many of us love. It's a story of Jesus coming to Martha's home and Martha getting so wrapped up in being busy for Jesus, like doing things for Jesus, that she gets frustrated when her sister Mary just wants to sit at the feet of Jesus and be with Jesus and listen to his words. And Jesus says to Martha, Martha, Mary has really chosen the better thing, just to sit at my feet and hear my words. And so readiness is sitting at the feet of Jesus. I, I gave a, a pop quiz to Jenny this week. I asked her, like, what does it mean to be ready for Jesus? She's like, oh, I'm so grateful I'm spending time with the pastor. He, he didn't say that, but that was, I, I could read that in your mind. Uh, and she said, you know, would I know Jesus if he came? Obviously, we're all going to recognize him, but, but would, I, would I have said, ah, this is the Jesus I have known throughout my entire life or since I became a Christian? And how do we get to know Jesus? How do we recognize him? It's by hearing his words. Now, Thankfully, we have the words of Christ. We have the words of God in the Bible. And so we get to know Christ. We get to sit at the feet of Jesus simply, simply by studying God's word. And so I want to encourage us all, and this is an encouragement to myself, let's continue to, to sit in God's word every day personally. 
and then prioritize coming together in worship to, to sit at the feet of Christ and to hear his words and really seek to grow in what our, our knowledge of who Jesus is. So that's the second way we get ready, sitting at the feet of Jesus. The third way we've seen in Luke is caring for the least of these. Now, this is all the way back in Luke chapter 4. In Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, Jesus talks about caring for the least of these. And he actually says the purpose of his ministry, like this is why he's come. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then what do we see throughout the gospel of Luke? We see Jesus setting the spiritually captive free. We see him announcing the good news of God, of, of, of what God can do, God's kingdom. And we, we see him healing the blind and caring for the poor. And one of the ways that, that we continue to get ready for Jesus is just to follow in his footsteps, to care for the poor, the prisoners, the captives, the sick, to, to love those around us that are the least of these to share the the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ with them, but to just love them, to love our neighbor. This is how we get ready for Christ's return. This is a challenge because this isn't always on my mind, right? I think some of us are wired to care for others, and some of us are wired to care about ourselves. (laughs) That's more me. Uh, And so it's always a challenge to say, Lord, I want to be caring for the least of these. I want to be caring for my neighbor, caring for the others. So how can we be doing that? That's a sign of getting ready. Number four, eating, drinking, and talking with sinners. Now, if we go to Luke chapter five, you can flip there in your Bible if you you want, if you're following along, uh, in verses 27 through 32, uh, we, we find the story of Jesus calling Levi, Levi the tax collector, who's also called Matthew, it's just this beautiful, wonderful story of Jesus going and sitting and eating and drinking with tax collectors and people that were not popular, people that were the social outcasts, people that were dirty and, and sinful. And see, Jesus didn't come to just hang out with the good people. <laughs> Jesus didn't come to just hang out with the religious or the, the morally upright. Jesus came to spend time with people that are broken, to eat with them to drink with them, to talk with them about the kingdom. Now, some of you may remember that we memorized a foundation verse uh, for this first section, Luke chapter 5, verses 31 through 32. And we're going to do a pop quiz right now to see if we can together recite our, 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 our foundation verse just before this. And I'll give you a hint. It starts with, Jesus answered them, it is not. All right, Jesus answered them, it is not. So do you think you can say it with me? Here we go. Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous to repentance, sinners to repentance, but, all right, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I have a microphone. It's dangerous. I was looking at Monica. I was distracted. Uh, Luke 5, 31 through 32. We're going to do this again because the next verse 
Uh, all right, I keep going. Eating, drinking, and talking with sinners. So how can we be doing that? I, I think if, if we're spending time with our front lines with people that don't know Christ, that people that might make us look bad, right? Because they're sinful and broken, and well, we're good church-going people. If we're spending time with him and Jesus returns, I don't think Jesus is going to say, oh, man, you were spending time with the kind of people that I spent time with. I'm really disappointed in you. No, he's going to be grateful. He's going to be like, this is exactly what I wanted you to do, to spend time with people that need me and to tell them about me. So the fourth one's eating, drinking, and talking with sinners. And the fifth one is picking up our crosses daily and following him. And maybe we'll do a little bit better on this next foundation verse in Luke chapter 9, verses 18 uh, through 27. Uh, so uh, we, we, we talked about this a little bit of like, what does it mean to pick up our crosses daily and follow Christ? Well, he calls us to different things, right? This is a principle. I can't say that, that part of what it means for you to be ready is to become a pastor or to become a missionary. No, Jesus is calling you to pick up your cross daily wherever he has you. That means pick up the way of Christ and just follow him. Be faithful and obedient wherever he has you. And that's how you get ready. See, Jesus might be coming back on a, a normal day and you're just at work trying to honor him. And that'll be beautiful. <laughs> He'll be like, great, you were ready. You were just living your life seeking to honor me. Do you think we could do our second foundation verse? Uh, I'm, it's in verses uh, 23 and 24. It starts, then he said to them all, I think we can do it. I'm gonna turn off my mic. That I did it perfectly. <laughs> I didn't do it perfectly, but it's great. See, Jesus is calling us to just pick up our, that was my cross. You just witnessed in the last verse. He just calls us to be faithful where he has us. So this is what readiness means. I want to talk for a moment about kind of these in general, just looking at them for a moment. See, some of them have to do with me and my heart and how I can be honoring Jesus. But a lot of them have to do with, how can I be loving my neighbor? And I wanted to go back to my illustration of a go bag. Now, what's the difference between a go bag and a bug out bag? A bug out bag is something you pack for the end of the world. It's an Armageddon bag, right? So the sorts of things, this is preppers, maybe you've never heard of prepping culture. A bug out bag is something where you pack like, you got like your, your rope, you have your tent, you have your matches, you have, um, you know, paper, you want to be able to start a fire, you have food, you have like dried food that tastes really gross. Uh, maybe you have so, some sort of like self-defense weapon for the zombie apocalypse that is happening. And what do you use that bug out bag for? Well, it's, if the world ends, like you're out of here. <laughs> You're into the far north. You're going to Canada or like Vermont and, and you're heading into the woods and no one's ever gonna hear from you again. 
And we're not called to do that as Christians. Like, we're not called to say, well, Jesus is going to come back and everything is going to burn so I can just get out of here, right? Like, I don't need to bother with loving my neighbor. I don't need to care for my city or for my town or for the least of these. See, that's, that's not the gospel. <laughs> that's not Christianity. Jesus calls us to pack a go bag. A go bag is about getting ready for a relationship with a person, right? And you, you, you pack things like little cute baby outfits. You pack like little food for, to give to someone else. It's not about you. It's about giving to someone else. And you want to make sure that you're ready to give to that other person. And you take your go bag with you like in normal everyday life. So that when the time comes, if you're, if you're at the store, you can go where you need to go because you have the go bag in your car. And we want to be Christians that are, that are caring for the least of these, that are eating and drinking and talking with people, that are picking up our crosses, that are repenting and sitting at the feet of Jesus, that are not saying, how can I get out of this world? How can I run away? But how can I be present where I am, loving others, loving them with the love of Christ Jesus? That's what we want to do, right? And so we should all ask ourselves, am I a go-bag Christian? <laughs> Is that, at least I'm, am I trying to be a go-bag Christian that's packing readiness? Or am I a Christian that's more of a bug-out Christian? It just wants to, uh, a bug-out bag, just get out of here. Well, I think Christ wants us to be go-bag Christians. So readiness is all these things, but this can seem like a lot, right? And there's, a, there's a, an encouragement in here that I want to lead us to is that we, we all need to be ready. This is not just an individual call for you. When Jesus starts in, uh, back to chapter 12, uh, even in verse 35, he says, be dressed ready for service. You be ready. Well, the you he's using here is not a you singular. He's not speaking to like you, Peter, individually, or you, Matthew. He's speaking to you, his disciples. And then there's a crowd that's also listening to Jesus. He's speaking to you all. And so we as a church, we're called to be ready together, all of us. It's not an individual thing. Even if we go back to my first illustration of this summer, like, uh, yes, Monica and I are getting ready for the arrival of Lancelot, but other people have to get ready as a result of that, right? I've asked uh, Terry and uh, Andy and Terry to, to preach, and a third, and, and they're going to step in. And it's amazing because I've just said, get ready for June. Like, who knows which week you'll be preaching? My son's going to tell you when to preach. I see a future in church leadership. Uh, <laughs> And it's amazing how like, brothers in Christ are helping me get ready. They're filling in in my weakness. And we do that all the time as a church, right? But not just in that situation and in, in how we're loving and caring for each other when we're sick, how we're, we're worshiping together with our, our various gifts on the worship team. We're filling in for each other's weaknesses and we're, we're helping each other be ready for Jesus. This is not just a calling for me. This is a calling for us as a church. And finally, well, not finally, but I, kind of the, the next point here in verse 37, there is a reward for being ready. It'll be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve. 
This is using that same word. He will gird himself to serve. We'll have them recline at the table and we'll come and wait on them. So maybe you think sometimes like, man, all the ways I serve Jesus is kind of hard. <laughs> it can be challenging. Well, Jesus is, is going to serve you one day. Like he's going to get himself ready. Can you imagine that? Like either Christ has returned or you have gone to be with the Lord and you're meeting your king face to face for the first time. You're meeting Jesus and you want to fall down and worship him. I'm sure that'll be part of it. But then he also just says, you know, come and sit. Let me serve you. Let me care for you because you have walked through life being ready, like seeking to serve and honor me. That's a beautiful picture. Like, I can't imagine being served by the one who created the universe. But Jesus gives us that picture to just fill us with hope and to fill us with motivation. So what should we pack? Readiness. Now let's look at the, the second half of this passage because we're called to pack faithfulness. And this is verses 41 through 48. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. So Peter asks, you know, are you talking to us? Like there's this, this setting where there's a crowd surrounding them and there's, little, there's like almost a stampede and they're just pressing in on Jesus and, and Jesus like turns and talks to his disciples and Peter's like, are you talking to us? Or are you talking to these crowd, these people around us? And Jesus doesn't answer that. He like continues with his plan, uh, which is perfect. And so uh, he really is, uh, I think, saying, well, does it matter, Peter? <laughs> we're, we're all called to, to be faithful. And what, is, what does he mean? So he says, who then is the faithful and wise manager the, the, the word for manager here is, uh, it has kind of do with our modern word for economy, but it, it really means like a, a, someone who is over a household, who is like a steward or a treasurer. It's someone who is entrusted with either other people or other things. And I think the, we can see a little bit more if we read on, uh, whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time. The Bible talks about the word of God being food. The word of God nourishes us. It is the bread of life. It is God giving it to us, and it nourishes us. And so I think there's a lot of applications here for people that are in charge of others, nourishing those people with God's word. So I think there's a couple applications. First, parents. Like God has entrusted you with children. Well, are you feeding them the word of God? Are you teaching them the stories of the Bible? Are you seeking to pray with them and just be honest about your faith and to share what's going on in your life and what God is teaching you? Because that's how we catch the faith, right? When others share it with us. Now, this doesn't mean you have to be perfect. Like, you don't have to be the perfect parent who has a seminary degree. You just, you can be learning with them, but you're seeking to expose them uh, to the scriptures, and we do this together, right? There are other parents that can come along and help you if you're wondering how exactly to do this. How about spouses, right? The Bible calls us to, to love and to care for each other. And in fact, 
Ephesians chapter 5 has a special call for husbands to wash their wives with the water of the word, to wash their, their wives with the word of God. So husbands, are you washing your family with the word of God? Are you exposing them to the word of God? It doesn't mean that like every day you have to have like this devotional time, but are you breaking out God's word and are you sharing it with them? And if you have a devotional time, that's awesome. Praise God. And then wives, like you can be encouraging your spouses and sharing what God is teaching you from the word as well. And then I think the most obvious application is really church leaders, elders. Are we being faithful? Are we teaching God's words to our people, to the people God has entrusted us with? And I know that your board of elders and myself, like we care about teaching you God's word. We sent out this, this church service survey that also talks about small groups, and if you haven't filled that out yet, I would encourage you to do so, but we're wondering, we're wrestling with how as a board of elders do we continue to make sure that we are faithfully teaching you God's word. We want to figure that out because that's so important. God's word is, a, is a, a, an eternal word. It's a word of life. So what should we pack? We should pack faithfulness. And then our passage uh, continues, kind of it takes a, an interesting turn and it takes a kind of a negative turn. See, there are consequences for unfaithfulness. Going back to verse 45. The master of the servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he is not aware. He will cut him to pieces and assign him places with the unbelievers. Now that's talking about the, the servant who, who begins to uh, beat other servants and, and get drunk and, and really abuse his or her authority. And so... Jesus really, right here, he is jarring us. He says he will cut to pieces. He will cut in two. This is meant to jar us and to jar our hearts, to say, am I serious about teaching God's word to those that, that are entrusted to me or even to myself? If, if like, I don't have anyone that I'm, I'm sharing, like, am, I, am I feeding myself with God's word? God wants to, 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 to shake us for a moment and say, are, are you serious? Get serious about God's word. And if, you're, if you are a, 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 someone who is a, kind of this manager, who is over others, and you use God's word to gain power or to gain money, man, the consequences is hellfire. Hellfire. So don't do it. <laughs> That's the solution. Because it might, it might reveal in your heart that you really don't know God because you're really just using God and his Bible for your power and for your authority. And so if that's you, you need to get on your knees and repent and turn to Christ because the consequence is being cut in two and assigned a place with the unbelievers. Now, we can feel for a moment that, well, this is unfair, but it's not. See, our God is perfectly fair. If we continue in the passage, it goes on to talk about the servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much more will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. God is perfectly fair. <laughs> See, to some people, he's given a lot of exposure to God's word and, 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 and it calls them uh, and, 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 and says, here, I'm entrusting you with this. Well, they will be held to a higher standard. Our elders, myself, we will be held to a higher standard 
in you for receiving God's word. Like you'll be held to the knowledge that you have. And we can trust God that those that don't have a, a full understanding, he will judge them at a different level, but it'll be, tr- it'll be perfectly fair and perfectly just. And so we can trust that God is gonna be fair in this. Now that's kind of a, a negative uh, uh, tone to end. I wanna, I'm gonna put my big idea out there, get your go bag ready, get your spiritual go bag ready. Pack it with readiness and faithfulness. And the passage ends on kind of this dark note. But I think there is hope there. Because it says, Jesus says, you know, from those who I have given much, from those whom I have entrusted with much. See, Jesus doesn't just give us authority and responsibility and gifting so that we'll fail. He gives us all these things so that we will step up so that we will succeed. He gives us his Holy Spirit. He helps us. He gives us brothers and sisters in Christ to help us do this task. This is not a me task. This is an us task. And I think that, that we can have hope that, that at the end of the day, through the power of the Holy Spirit and through mutual encouragement, we will be found to be faithful and we will be found to be ready. So be encouraged. We want to pack our go bags with readiness and faithfulness, and we can be confident that one day, as we do these things simply and trying to be obedient to Jesus, that one day we'll hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't know about you, but I want to hear those words. And how we do that is just by believing in Christ, repenting and continuing to to love our neighbor, to love God, So get your go bag ready. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus' words that he is teaching us about when he is going to come back. He doesn't tell us when he's going to come back. He tells us how to get ready. We're so grateful. We're so grateful. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he will return one day and there will be a reward. We so look forward to that day. Help us to be ready and to be faithful. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.